How do we start these? Um, boys? Normally think, we're a beer in. <laughs> a beer or two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think we just, uh, Paul, what'd you barbecue last? Hey, so uh, yeah, I actually uh, picked up some tri-tip. You know, I got the Commando Joe uh, set up the Commando grill. So, and I'm still trying to dial in the temperature to, you know, make sure it holds even for a long time. So I want to do a brisket. Everybody wants to do a brisket because, you know, it's, it's a big cut of meat and it's a big cut of beef. And it's fun and it's delicious. And it's so good when it turns out right. But it's a big cut of meat and it takes a lot of time. It, you know, 12, <laughs> 16 hours. It's a what, an hour and a half per pound on it, cooking it at 225. I put, when I cooked my full brisket, I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I had already trimmed it. I had salt and peppered it. And then I salt peppered and garlic powdered it again before I put it in. And we didn't eat it till like 530. And I, I let it rest for. Mm-hmm. OK, so you actually get it off there. Before. Yeah, I cooked. I mean, I could have left it on there longer and I mm-hmm. probably should have. But I didn't know to do that. Like yeah. the fat in between the two um, yeah. pieces of meat still needed a little more time. But all the temp probes, all the oh, if you can do this with it, all of that stuff told me it was done until I cut into it, and then I was like, it's done, but it could have gone a little longer. Longer, let that, let that, some more that, that inter- fat, fat cap render out. And with a tri-tip, there, there, you can get some with it, you know, sometimes you can find it with a fat cap on it, you know, and then you can treat it even more like a brisket. But most, of, but tri-tip, it's got that great marble on it. Oh, it's marble, it's just that great muscle. So it's like, People are like, ah, when you do it as a brisket, you're ruining it. You know, it should be cooked to a medium rare. That's it. Because, you know, your brisket style, you're cooking it up to 209 or 205, somewhere in there. And uh, so you're going well past the point that you should have taken it. You're losing all that fat. It's just going to run out of it. It's not going to be moist. It's not a brisket where brisket has all that fat in there where it will, like, just become more and more juicy as that fat renders. They're like, it's not, you know. But some other people are like, oh, yeah, try tip. You know, it's a good first experience for brisket. You know, if you're trying to you're trying yeah. to do it because it's not going to be as big, but you're going to cook it exactly the same. You know, you're going to let you know, you're going to go through that process. You know, your rub, the same thing. If you if you want to experiment with a rub for a brisket, try tip is a good way to do it because, yeah, it's more expensive per pound, but a lot less expensive per time. And precise. You're yeah. not going to get a yeah, 17 you- pound. Because it's still beef, so you're still cooking it at the same temperature. You're still cooking it for this uh, same amount of time per pound. Yeah. And it's got that similar, like, uh, grain structure, apparently. So that's why I picked up Tri-Tip. I know a lot of people say uh, Chuck Roast is a good... I love smoking Chuck. Comes out beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's Chuck. two It's two hours. Yeah. Tri-Tip, since it's, you know, a little bit bigger, a little bit uh, fattier, you want, you're, you're there to render the fat out of the... Oh, yeah. So you want to cook it, smoke it at 225. I just couldn't dial in the temperature this time at all. Like I was at 225 for a good hour, hour and a half. And then it shot, you know, started like raising up, raising up. And I'm I'm like slowly, you know, trying to opening that vent to let some of the trying to close the vent a little bit more, close the vent a little bit more um, just to get the get the brakes going. Yeah, the bottom. It was pouring rain when you did it, too. Right. 
And then it starts pouring rain, and I'm like, okay, that'll cool it down. It did not cool down this ceramic grill at all. <laughs> it didn't. It laughed at the rain. Yeah, I mean, the humidity might have had something to do with it. I like again, yeah. I've never, I've never cooked on what you got, so I don't know. But I wonder if humidity played a part in that. Might have, you know, because it, you know, it's all ceramic. So maybe if it's more humid, it'll hold heat even more because it's moist. It's like you know, wet inside, so it has more, yeah, more density to. I don't know. We're not scientists. No, we're amateur barbecue. Not even amateur. We're just uh, part, we're, we're part, part time barbecue boys. Part time. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I, uh, but I had two ch- uh, pieces that, you know, I was cooking and then I had some that were some tri-tip that was cut. In, uh, just because I this was my first time having tri-tip ever, you know, not a cut the meat that I've seen at the local grocery store. Saw it at a different store locally. So I'm like, I'll give it a try. And they had it in a like manager special pack. Great for combo pack. Great for grilling. And it came in like two, maybe three pound to five pound pieces, you know, gross. And then like six small little steaks. So they like cut steaks out of the center of it. Yeah. And, and then, then packaged up the two other sides. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, gave me some nice bird tents. Oh, yeah. You know, for from it. Uh, you know, I, if I was patient enough to actually toss those burnt ends in barbecue sauce, they would be great, you know, but they were good just to like cut them, put them in pieces and just eat them right away. Because there's not there wasn't that much, you know, because it's not as big of a piece of meat. So I didn't I only had like two pieces of burnt ends from each end. <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, treated the same. I uh, did a mustard rub first because, you know, everybody goes mustard rub on a brisket for some sure. reason for a binder. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it, see if it makes any difference. You definitely don't taste any mustard. You don't taste any mustard. It really just works as a nice binder. Mm-hmm. So I did get a good bark on it before I wrapped it. You know, I was able to take my fingernail, scratchity, scratchity, without, you know, it pulling up, the bark pulling away. So I was happy with that. Uh, once the temperature, uh, internal temperature reached 165, I wrapped them. And uh, just let the, you know, stop adding wood to my smoke because there's no smoke that's going to hit it, you know, in yeah. the butcher paper. So, yeah, just, just have the I'm just roasting it at that point. And uh, yeah, the one like that was so weird. I, I definitely need to learn my also where my hot zones are, where my cooler zones are. Uh, and I think that might be a little different with each fire that I start. But yeah, because I was going to say it's it's all it's sort of, all yeah. it's all different. Maybe I need to rotate more often when I. Yeah. Probably in you. I mean, you get a um, heat. Yeah. Infrared heat. Infrared. Yeah, I, I have one of those. So I could try it. See if there's hot zones because one of the pieces of roast, man, it was like when I once it hit 205 internal temperature, I was there sticking it with a uh, instant read thermometer. It was like putting it in a jar of peanut butter. It was yes, just like just like butter gave no resistance. The other one, it hit 205 and it was like still like still had some uh, it, it, it was it was still firm real firm so i like put that to the you know the took off the one that was good uh foil wrapped it towel wrapped it put it in the uh, cooler thank you john for the cool you're welcome and then let the other roast go for you know until it hit like about 210 and then i'm like well if it's and it was better it still wasn't you know wasn't perfect as, as good as the first one and that first one like i knew which one it was i'm like okay this is the one we're slicing up tonight like after an hour rest, still warm, but not hot. And man, it was good. It was, and it, I didn't have that, you know, because with the, this commando style cooking, since it's uh, the heat's coming from the bottom, I was afraid that I would get that 
as I'm cutting from the top down to the bottom, I would start getting a tear where the bottom's sure. all dried out. It's, right. It's turned a little jerky-ish. Didn't happen. So I was happy that the uh, the slow roller that's in the Commando Joe like helped dissipate that heat. Um, was happy with it. I was really happy with the stakes as well. I do. Uh, I had a hard time with the um, reverse sear. I just I only have two pro, you know, temperature probes. Sure. I had them in the roast and I'm like, ah, how long will it take to smoke? You know, these little cuts. Well, I'll check it in an hour. I checked those little stakes in an hour and they were temping at one. One was at like 155. The other one was at 160. So, yeah. And I'm like, ah, well, I'm past medium rare. You know, I'm well past. You know, so I'm like getting into well done territory. The one at 155, though, was like that's the one like Kate's like, I just want to, you know, she's like, no, I have a piece of the brisk, quote unquote, brisket. But she's like, I, I've been smelling you cooking all day. I just really want steak now. <laughs> so she took the one that I'm like, well, this is actually uh, I had three pieces that I then just did quickly after I took all the meat off. I was having a rest. I opened up all my vents, got it blazing hot, got it up to 550, 600. Somewhere in there from the dome, but the grids, you know, I put out the different grids in. So the grids were sitting almost right on top of the coals, just seared and then let them rest on top, you know, on the higher grid with a heat deflector underneath it. You know, the, you know, standard searing process. Yeah. And let me tell you that that steak that Kate had that first night since, you know, it's warm right at the thing. It was like eating. It was like cut through it. You put it in your mouth. It was like buttery. Like the like the inter fat inter you know the the marbled fat in there oh it tasted like buttery it was so oh, yeah. good it was a little chewier than like um than I thought the what is it? what's the one what's the cut that I usually get not ribeye sirloin steak sirloin yeah little or New York or yeah sirloin strip, strip steak, steak strip yeah. steak yeah strip steak so I thought it was a little chewier chewier than that but um it was really good like I could see well, why people are like oh yeah sirloin it's cooked a little longer than you cook. Your well, no, those those three trips. were in the pack that I just like did the standard sear on. And I'm like, OK, and those oh, okay. were cooked to a medium rare. And those were and I can see why people are like, oh, yeah, you just cook it to medium rare. It's fine. But I'm like, eh, it's still not as good as yeah. the strip steak. Yeah, that's why it was odd. Somebody must have screwed up and cut those into steaks. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have been like, well, what are we going to do with it? Because I wouldn't think that you would make steaks out of mm-hmm. or if i was going to cook a steak out of it and when i have gotten tri-tip um i just marinate it and then i would just put it on the grill and cook it as a steak mm-hmm. uh like a big steak and then slice it and serve yeah um but yeah well i'm glad i'm glad everything came out good for you yeah pretty good um uh, go ahead oh the the reverse here i it did pick up some smoke flavor to it which i was surprised because it didn't really wasn't really on the smoker all that long, you know, just maybe an hour or so. It doesn't need to be on there long to yeah. pick up that smoke. This is a little nice little hint of it, the flavor. So, yeah, I don't know I, if I was going to reverse sear smoke stuff like I would have. I got to pay more attention to it. Like, it's not something like, oh, I'm it's doing not this something you do multiple things. on. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You would just <laughs> do that. I mean, you, I would need to be, do a big batch of all at the same time to make it worth it, because just doing it for the two of us, you know, here. Like, that's a lot of work, and I don't think the smoked flavor really enhances the steak, you know, because I get a good charcoal just from cooking it on top of charcoal, you know, a good good amount of that, just with a regular sear anyways. Yeah. 
you inspired me when you were doing this. So I smoked a flank steak. Mm. Um, and it was pretty quick cook because it yeah. doesn't have a lot of fat to it. Um, but I have like a brisket rub. I put that on the outside. And I should have gotten my meat slicer out. But I hand slice it thin, caramelized onions, put those onto a roll, melted some cheese on it, made an au jus, and mm. did French dip sandwiches. Nice. Sounds yeah, really good. It came out really good. And uh, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, we got like half a, we got half a thing left. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll have, um, we'll have like a uh, steak and eggs for breakfast. Mm. And the next thing I turn around, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> we all like, we all went back for more. And I was like, well, you know, you did it good when everybody uh-huh. comes back and eats it up. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. Our leftovers, we put it on top of salads, you know, sliced on top of salads. The brisket, man, I like part of it. It did pull, pull apart exactly how I, how I, Wanted Wanted. brisket to turn turn out that I have not been able to have it turn out on my Weber. So I'm I was like, okay, okay, I see you. I think I can do this. Even though it got up to 275 and I couldn't get it down lower, back down to 225. But this made it go quicker, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We put it on about 10, pulled them off by two. Well, it's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like it's not like a huge, big, big chunk of. So it took about two hours. To, to get to two, uh, 165, and then once I wrapped it, another, like, two hours. Now, did you put any fat inside your when you wrapped it? No, I didn't. I hate mayo. And people say, hey, do it with mayo, get ghee, or get, uh, what's it, uh, talon? Not talon. Ta- ta- uh, tallow. Tallow. I was going to say talus, or talos, but that is a character from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, beef tallow. But, you know, I, I don't have any of that. The only thing I do have is like mayo because Kate eats it has mayo every once in a while. Like, but yeah, I mean, you could use butter. I could have used doesn't butter burn like uh, two twenty five. Hopefully you wouldn't. It shouldn't. I've used butter before, but you can also I mean, not that something you would have but margarine. Margarine mm-hmm. kind of will do the same thing without burning. That's usually like when you're doing ribs and stuff. They usually say when you wrap your if you wrap your ribs, if you're going to use something, don't use butter, use margarine. So. That's because butter, you know. Once it starts burning, it's over. You know, it just got that, you know, that burnt butter tasting great. Yeah, I, I've used butter. I use butter with um, my turkeys and chicken. And stuff. I've never yeah, had and, um, when too I, much of a problem. The one time that I ever roasted a Thanksgiving bird, you know, thanks, you know, turkey, put a whole bunch of butter on that. Yeah, so that was pretty good. So nice. So that's your big summer thing, right? You really haven't done anything. Else every, this summer, really, right? Just, just ribs, because every time I'm like, oh, I want to use a, the smoker, Kate goes, okay, I'll buy ribs. <laughs> like, but I want to, you know, and pork, you know, just, just pork uh, center cut ribs, that the family pack of it, the two pack. And then this past time that I did ribs, I did cut them down, trim them, trimmed them down, you know, got rid of that like flap on the back of them, you know, um, trimmed all that meat off, tried to, tried to, you know, make them basically St. Louis. Sure. As best as I could. And I, I think it turned out a lot better. I really liked how the ribs, the last time I cooked, it turned out with, uh, with me doing all the trimming. Sure. And then uh, what did you do anything with that? Tr- the trimmings? Or you I just, just uh, did some lemon juice, tossed it with some uh, salt, pepper, garlic, cumin, you know, onion powder, maybe. And then uh, just pan for, you know, it, it was like pretty thin so thin. i just kind of gave it gave it some slices so you know they were about a two inch wide slice thin slices and just pan fried them and those that turned out pretty well like 
was almost with the lime juice and everything. I'm like, sure. oh, this would make a good zesty kind of taco meat. Yeah, sounds good. I'll um, put them on the smoker for a little bit, any of those trimmings, <laughs> and then um, throw them in if I like make beans and greens or if I make um, baked beans or, you know, like, uh, yeah, baked beans. Nice. I'll put them in that. And it's just a nice little smoky park that gives it some flavor, renders that fat into it. <laughs> yeah, it always comes out nice. Um, I'll say I had a very disappointing, a very, very disappointing smoke. I um, I went out, I, I smoked some garlic, and I smoked some eggplant mm. to make, uh, I was going to make this dish. So I smoked Baba the ganoush. Egg, not baba ganoush, it's actually uh, uh, not Mediterranean, but like a Hungarian smoked eggplant dish. Mm. Um, and it's like, it was like eggplant, garlic, um roasted tomatoes you mix it all up and then serve it like as a side dish and um you know sm- rub the eggplant smoked it did everything turns out i don't like smoked eggplant mm. just doesn't did anybody do else like it though my dad did <laughs> i left i left this big thing of it for him and he's like i put a little hot sauce i put some of this in it turned out i, I liked it a lot but I was, uh, I was, it, I cooked everything properly. I just was so um, displeased with the flavor of smoked eggplant. Do you like regular eggplant? Love eggplant. Yeah, back in the day, I used to eat eggplant all the time. When I was like a vegetarian, I would grill that because it was like a vegetable that could handle being grilled without like falling apart. That and yeah. uh, portobello mushrooms, classic. We got an audience member here that does not like mushrooms. Or eggplant. Oh, man. You're a two-time loser. The only time I can eat eggplant if it's in, like, a ratatouille. But then Uh, it's because it's sliced or diced with a bunch of other, like, root vegetables and stuff that gets distracting from it. I couldn't live in a world that didn't have – I couldn't get an eggplant parmesan. I love eggplant. Oh, talking about mushrooms. We weren't. You were. I know. I was. I'm getting back to it. I learned (laughs) that skill from your son. (laughs) So – but uh, with, the, with the last last bit of the um, kind of overcooked, uh, oversmoked uh, steaks that I had, Kate and I made a uh, steak Diane. Okay. Which is a 1960s dish that, and I didn't have all the parts, but it was uh, I had <clears throat> baby portobello mushrooms, you know, sautéed them with some garlic butter, and then uh, added a splash like a splash of cognac or brandy because I don't have cognac, and then he flambe it. And then he add a little bit of whippy, uh, heavy cream, some Dijon mustard, mix it all together, you know, sure. into a fancy salt and pepper, you know, like a fancy steak topping. Right. Steak Diane. So that's, you know, I kind of heated, uh, tried to reheat the steaks at 150 in the toaster oven. Turned out pretty good. Nice. Technically, in the steak Diane, you're supposed to, you know, pan, pan uh, fry your steak and then, you know, build the sauce around it. Yeah, with the, with the, the fond and the. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I didn't. I didn't have all that, so I just did did a quick and dirty version. Sure, it's fun, and it's it was, a good way to use that kind of over a little bit overcooked yeah. steak because it has that mushroomy, you know, mustardy Dijon mustard, a little bit of Worcestershire sauce in there too. And I, I actually, you know, enjoyed it. I, I thought sure. it was a good steak topping, but it's like something that I wouldn't want on my steak all the time because normally I just want the steak like. I don't do A1. I don't do any dipping sauces with my steaks. I'm just like salt and pepper on my steak, maybe Montreal steak seasoning, and I'm good. 
I when we cook steaks at home, I enjoy sauteing up onions and mushrooms together. And then I add a little Worcestershire, some soy sauce and Montreal steak seasoning to that. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's mm-hmm. just this really nice peppery, bitey umami onion and uh, mushrooms that I like eating with my steak. Like, sorry, almost like a just, almost like a side dish. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not I'm not one of the bag and board barbecue boys, but if I'm ever like marinating a steak, I'll do it in like garlic and like a Worcestershire sauce, soy sauce, like a little bit of like a vinegar to mm-hmm. like loosen it up. I like an onion ring on top of my steak though, maybe with like a nice like blue cheese or like a feta cheese too, like just something like light and salty on top, but like a nice like onion ring to give like some crisp. But I'm also a fan of an onion ring on my burger too. I like yeah. beef with onion rings, like. Are you willing to pay the extra for the onion ring on top of your burger if it's like as an add-on? I am. That's it over bacon. Oh yeah, oh, okay. both. <laughs> oh, money bags here. Both, both add-ons. As much as I love onions, I'm not a huge onion ring guy. It has I to be like onions. a good onion ring, and I, most of the time it just makes me think of like school lunch onion rings, frozen onion rings. You know, like but there's it's hard about. Outback Steakhouse, getting an Outback Steakhouse steak and also the Bloomin' Onion. It works. At least it works for me. I don't (laughs) mind a Bloomin' Onion. The only time I like horseradish is if it's like in like a Bloomin' Onion dip. I I don't know what what else it's mixed with. Do you like wasabi? I don't. But that flavor profile alongside like an onion ring, like, or uh, whatchamacallit, like a Bloomin' Onion, like, I'm there for it. But again, like, I'm not drinking it after I'm done. Like, I'm just like, a quick dip. I'm not even like a lingering dip or like a, a heaping scoop. I'm just dink. Mm, yum, yum, yum. I go for the full dunk. I like a good dunk. I like a creamy horseradish with like a steak sometimes. <laughs> dip it in that. Uh, I will say I went to Outback Steakhouse for the first time a few weeks ago. Uh, first time ever? First time ever. Oh. oh. I didn't think it was anything to write home about. No, it's I'm not- a. I'm a Texas Roadhouse guy. Texas Roadhouse, I think, is a superior steak place. I'll go. I'll go. My dad to, also agrees with you. I'll go to Roadhouse any day. Oh, Roadhouse or Texas Roadhouse? Texas. Okay. My dad likes Longhorn Steakhouse. Longhorn is, I think, still better than Outback. Yeah, my dad says that Longhorn is the closest that he get can get out at one of those like fast casual, you know, restaurants to the steak he would prepare for himself at home. Um, I. Mm. I, I think it's good there, but I think I think Texas Roadhouse is better. I don't think I've ever had Texas Roadhouse. Well, they got like uh, everything you can get at uh, Outback, but uh, that much better. They have a bloomin' on. Wait, do they have a flight of margaritas I that serves you on a boomerang? No. Okay, well then, I think Outback wins its case right there. It's but served I, on a boomerang. Okay. <laughs> And that was barbecue, barbecue boys. Did we give any tips? We don't know. We try tipped. Oh, uh, uh.